You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart Obi Ekweme. Whilst you're standing, turn quickly to Luke 6.38. Luke 6.38. Want to read from the NLT, New Living Translation. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down. Shaken together. To make room for more. Somebody shout for more. Mm. Running over. And poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Read again to your hearing. You give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together, to make room for more, run over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. For an assignment briefly, given the key that unlocks heaven's treasures, part number one. Our Father and our God, we lift our hearts and our voices again today to give you praise for the gift of life, but also for the gift of your Son Jesus in our lives. Your life in ours has made our lives meaningful. Today I beseech you, my Father, yet again to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven. Anoint the lips and the tongues of clay of the seven son of yours that this hour I will come to your people with a thus saith the Lord. Move us from where we are to the place you reserve for us in the place called destiny. We'll vow to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Let somebody shout a big, big amen. You may please be seated very comfortably in God's wonderful presence. I'm thankful that these teachings are coming in a season that we've come to understand to be a season of Christmas where the entire world literally celebrates the very very precious gift of Christ to the entire human race. The very best gift that God gave to mankind is Jesus Christ. Bible declares in John 3.16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, whosoever means a blank check anybody can believe, whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Some days ago, I, I taught on open heavens, how to open your heavens. And in that particular teaching, I began to make you understand that 
open heavens is a spiritual reality both for individual believers and also for corporate entities like your business like your family like your local assembly that open heavens is a reality and it doesn't mean the heavens are open physically necessarily but it means that you enjoy a measure of grace and ease in your operation because the heavens are open over your life and sadly so you can be in an organization or in a family and somebody in the family will enjoy open heavens and somebody will not enjoy open heavens you can be in a local assembly as this blessed as it is and you will enjoy open heavens and somebody sitting next to you will not enjoy open heavens so it's not a function of locality or geographical location alone it's a function of spirituality it's a function of revelation knowledge what you know and how to apply your hearts to open the heavens praise the lord bible declares in john 8 31 that if you continue in my word you will be my disciples guess what you will know the truth and the truth you know will make you free so what makes for freedom is not how long you've been in a place what makes for freedom and liberty is the truth you know you don't pass an exam because you're too old or you're old enough you pass the exam because you've come to know enough to pass the exam likewise if you're going to walk in liberty or freedom in any area of your life it's important to go for truth to go for revelation knowledge you must know the word you must know something about that particular area that's how come you can be free in one area your health and be bound in one area your relationship you can be free in one area and held captive in another area your freedom is indicative that you've come to know the truth and you're walking the truth or you're applying the truth so whenever you see yourself held captive or bound in particular areas of your life more than likely what you need is to go for truth and having some truth is not enough to pass a test what you need is enough truth to pass a test a person who scores 30 40 percent on an exam has scored some points but you haven't scored enough to pass the exam so what you need is more light and more truth when we speak of light, there are light in different intensities. The light of the candle is different from the lamp, the torchlight, the lamp bulb in your house, the lamp of the headlamp, and also the, the light of the sun. They're all different intensities. The greater the intensity of light of revelation, the greater the release of truth and release of freedom and liberty. Praise the Lord, somebody. Oftentimes we've come to believe that every good thing that happens to our lives is purely the doing of the Lord and it is don't get me wrong it is right but I'm going somewhere but we also tend to believe that every bad thing that happens in our lives the believers is from the devil and it is but the only thing that is not is it is correct but only partially correct because God gave you an eye responsibility gave you made you a free moral agent you have choices you can make decisions you have thoughts and all of these collective choices that God gave you and I also contribute to the outcomes of your life so oftentimes evil happens because you coordinated or you you align with the enemy right you cooperate with the enemy likewise good will happen right because you cooperate with God and his, and his principles here on the earth 
What am I saying? God gave you an eye authority, but God also gave you an eye responsibility. And there is commensurate responsibility for the authority he gave you an eye. We have the power, but we have the responsibility. And God wants you and I to be responsible as much as we operate in the authority he gave us as believers. Praise the Lord, somebody. Praise the Lord, somebody. That is what it means to be made in the image and the likeness of God. You have choice. You determine your thoughts and you ultimately determine your actions as well. These things contribute to the outcomes of your life. Some days ago, I had a conversation with my wife in our room and we were saying that it's, it, it's so interesting how many things believers blame the devil over. Oh, the devil. Oh, the devil. The devil has come. Oh, the devil. And, and I can imagine the devil going to God and say, God, these your people are always accusing me. I'm not there again. Oh, it's, it's them. Praise God. What am I saying? It, 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 it's so interesting how you can accuse the devil of the things you and I probably were responsible for bringing about based, number one, on your thoughts. Number two, your choice. Number three, your words. Number four, your actions. These things largely determine the outcome of your life. If you want your life to be prosperous, your life to be successful, your life to be all that God designed it to be, you need to cooperate with God and his principles. There are principles that don't set in motion, that don't only affect believers, but affect everybody in the world. There are principles. The number one principle or one of the principles set that in, in motion that affects everybody, the Hindu, the Muslim, the Christian, the Jew, anybody, praise God, is the principle found in Genesis 8.22, which you're hearing. Genesis 8.22. It says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and the night shall not cease. Again, while the earth remaineth. Remember, it's a universal principle. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest all right cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night they shall not cease it's a universal principle praise god do, do you know beloved that your thoughts choices decisions actions are powerful enough listen to me to hinder and limit what God will do in your own life. Very powerful. And it takes you to stretch your, your mind to be able to comprehend that. That though God is sovereign, God is omnipotent. Hello somebody. That you and I can limit him in our own lives. You can never limit God. But you can limit what God will bring into your life or will do in your life. Based on what? Your thoughts, your choices, your words, your decisions, and your actions. Look at this. Psalm 78 verse 40 to 42. How often did they provoke him in the wilderness? Ah, yeah, yeah. And grieve him in the desert. Yea, 
they turned back and tempted God. Guess what? And limited what? The Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. So the children of Israel, by their unbelief, by their actions and inaction, they were able to limit the unlimited God as far as, wow, their own experience was concerned. Oh boy. Beloved, I've got good news for you. Your God is negotiating. Your God is eager to do everything possible to bring into your life what he has reserved and preserved for you, but you must cooperate with him. Praise the Lord somebody. Bible declares in James 1.17 that every good gift, that's the truth, and every perfect gift comes from God in whom there is no shadow of turning nor variableness. You've heard me say over and over that in the equation of life, God is the constant and man is the variable. So man can change, but God will never change. Malachi 3.8 I am the Lord God, I change not. Aren't you grateful that God will not change his mind towards you? His mind to love you that is eternal. His mind to heal you that is eternal. His mind to raise you that is eternal. His mind to bless you that is eternal. His mind to promote you that is eternal. He will not change his mind. Hello. But you need to be rightly positioned to receive what God has in store for you. The, the moon shines not of its own accord. The moon simply is a reflection of the light that comes from the sun. So the sun will always shine. But will you be positioned to reflect what God has for you? Why am I saying this? We're drawn near to the end of one year called 2020. God has done so much in our lives in this year. He said to us, it's our year of revive for glory. But guess what? If that is not your experience as an individual guess what God is not to blame praise the Lord somebody we simply need to get rightly positioned to partake of all he has in store for us why he is the Lord God he will never lie praise God man's unfaithfulness and man's variableness or inconsistency can never change God's consistency he's the same yeah you can bank on him. You can depend upon him. If anybody moved, you moved. All you've got to do is to walk back and return back to him. He's still waiting for you. There's no how far a believer can go from God. You can return back to him. You know, there was no how far the prodigal son went away. He couldn't come back. The Bible says it in that particular chapter that when he came to himself, ah, yeah, yeah, he realized in his father's house there were servants who were not the children of the father who had everything to eat and to enjoy. But here he was in the wild, suffering, hungry. He said, I will return back to my papa's house. I want to say to you before the year is over, please don't end this year not knowing the Lord well. Don't 
end this year not walking in intimacy. You can return back to your father. Just like in that story, the father's hands and hearts were wide open, waiting in eager anticipation for the day of the return of the son. Guess what? Papa has been waiting for you to come back home. His hands are wide open. So he was on the cross, spread wide, hung high. Guess what? He was waiting for his children to come back. I pray that every and any prodigal child, you will return back to your daddy's house today. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. Hallelujah. We will cooperate with him. We'll align with his principles. Hallelujah. Seed time and harvest is a universal governing principle of life. Giving is living. I would like that statement, giving is living, to become really engraced in your heart and fixed in your heart to become truth that you accept and you walk by. That giving is living. And that's not how most people think and operate. Most people think that it's more profitable to receive than to give. But in the words of Apostle Paul, quoting Jesus in Acts 20, 35, he says, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring, you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, how he said, who said, who said, Jesus. So Paul was quoting Jesus. How the master said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. For most people's mindset, it's more blessed to receive than to give. But in the words of Jesus, he said, it is more blessed wow, to give than to receive. You see, how and what a person gives tells God volumes about the state of your heart. Because giving is not just a physical action only, but giving, which includes what you give and how you give, the attitude you give, is a reflection of the state of your heart. <laughs> Jesus on a particular day surprisingly to many people he sat by the treasury treasury means the offering basket I mean he sat there can you imagine if it's time for you to give offering and I your pastor will get a chair and sit here in front of the offering basket and all I'm doing is just watching you come from the back give, give, give the first thing you say to me what are you doing there? what? Do you like money or what? Why are you standing by the offering basket? He sat by the treasury because he knew what people gave and how they gave reflected their hearts. And he actually commended a woman who gave so little in terms of the amount over the person that gave much in terms of the amount. Because in the scheme of measurement of the weight and the value of what you give, the amount of what you give is not as important as the sacrifice of what you gave. 
Oh boy, track with me. So he said, the woman who gave a mite of, if you like, a dollar or a naira, gave much more than the businessman who put one million naira in the offering basket. You know why? Because what she gave, track with me, in respect or in comparison to what she has left, all right, was a huge sacrifice, right? But for the man who gave one million naira and has what? Multiple millions. Though you may be impressed with the one million, but God looks at the heart and says, wait a minute, I've blessed you more than you're pouring back. Are you here? Oh boy. It's very quiet. So, how God measures giving is not the amount per se as much as the sacrifice. So, it's not equal giving in terms of numbers, but it's equal sacrifice. Oh boy. So, we put it this way. If you feel it, your God feels it. Praise God. Bible declares in Matthew 6, 21, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So your givings by way of patterns, by way of lifestyle, is indicative really of what you put value on. And you can sing, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. But, but if we check your check stub or check your givings within a period, we can tell who you love or what you love. Because who you love and what you love, you give towards. Oh, come on, come on, come on. You're quiet on me right now. Praise God. So, so, so God wants to know where your heart is. That if your heart is in the kingdom and with the king, your treasure will naturally flow in the direction of the king and the kingdom. Hello, somebody. Praise the Lord. Now we see that the foundation of understanding giving, please listen to me, is to understand the nature and the character of your God as a giver. Because we are made in his image and likeness, right? And his nature and his character is what we were begotten of and from. And as we look at God as a loving father, as a wonderful father, as a kind father, we see a God who by nature is a giver. He's a giver by nature. John 3.16, very popular scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave. All right. For he loved, he gave. So his response to loving a sinful world was to give to the world. So what you love, you will give. You've heard me say it before. I said it again. You can give without loving. You cannot love without giving. So loving will naturally, naturally stir up giving in the direction of who you love. You love your spouse. You give joyfully. It's not a big deal. You give sacrificially. It's not a big deal. You love something, you give to as a person. Now, how does God live? Do you give? I beg your pardon. If God is our example as our father, and we see that God is a giver, we want to see how this God gives to challenge us 
what to emulate, how to give it. Apostle Paul said, be ye imitators of God. We're to follow him, we're to imitate him. Number one, how God gives. God gives, number one, sacrificially. Sacrificially. Romans 8.32 God gives, number one, sacrificially. Romans 8.32 He that spared, oh boy, not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Guess what? How shall he not with him, with who? Jesus, also freely give us all things. So he gave his only begotten son sacrificially to the entire world. So we're to give sacrificially. Number two, how does God give? God gives liberally and generously. He's a liberal and a generous giver. Liberal. Liberal. James 1.5 If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That what? Giveth to all men. This is God now. God giveth to all men. How? Liberally and upbraideth not, doesn't withhold, and it shall be given him. So you ask, and God said, I will liberally give you. So we're called by God to give liberally, liberal, be a liberal giver, to be a generous giver. Number three, how does God give? God gives freely, 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 freely. The word free means without charge. We saw in Romans 8.32 that how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And he said to the disciples or apostles in Matthew, Matthew 10.8 You go ahead as you go and preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Guess what? Freely you've received. How do we give? Oh, come on, chat. How do we give? Freely we give. What does it mean to be a free giver? It means to give something without any strings attached. Oftentimes, people give things and they put conditions with it. Right? As long as I'm giving you this, you have to behave in a particular way or you have to use it in a particular direction. But when you give freely, you're not bothered with how or what the person you gave does with it. You gave freely. No strings attached. A number of times, people will give you things to, as it were, earn your loyalty or your favor. They give you things because they are planning that down the road they'll come back for it. It's very political. You, you, it's called giving a political favor. You give something in credit. So in next one year, two years, you come back for it. That's not free giving. But in this case, how the Lord gives, he gives freely, no conditions attached, no requirement attached. So we're called to give freely. Praise God. Number four, how does he give? I like this. God gives exuberantly. He doesn't just give you just what you require only. <laughs> he gives you more. That's your God. Your God is an exuberant God. 
That's why he will feed 5,000 men in a crusade ground, not counting their wives or the, 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 the wives and their children, maybe up to 20,000 people in that particular day. And guess what? He will ensure that there's much more to feed the 20,000 or 15,000 that 12 baskets were gathered, much more than was required. So when God blesses, when God gives, hey, he gives you much more than you require. That's your God. He's not stingy. Look at this. Ephesians 3.20 Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, number one word, abundantly, number two word, above, number three word, all that we ask, number four word, or think, number five word, according to the power that walketh in us. Praise God. Look at those words, those adjectives, exceedingly, abundantly, above all, we can ask, think of it. That's your God. He's an exuberant God. Hallelujah. God will keep on pouring into you. Keep on pouring into your basket. Keep on pouring into your home. Keep on pouring into your marriage. Keep on pouring into your family. Guess what? Until there is an overflow. As we read in our text, your blessing coming your way will be pressed down, shaken together, running over until it pours over. You wonder, God, aren't you being wasteful? No. He's been excessive. It's called excess love. He's got more than enough for you. Guess what? He's the possessor of the heavens and the earth, the cattle upon the family there he is. And all of that is for him and his children. He's got more than enough for you. But guess what? That is triggered or initiated with one word. Luke 6, 38, give. We overlook the gift. We want the press down, the shaking together, the running over, but we forget give. So that give unlocks the tap of heaven. That give unlocks the treasure of heaven. Give. But that is a word that many, many don't, don't quite embrace because they think that when they give, they are losing. No, sir. No, sir. In, in the kingdom of God, oh, your seeds don't live your life. Your seeds go into your future like a farmer. A, a farmer knows how to plant the best seeds for harvest in the coming season. Any farmer who will eat of, of the best seed in this season will lack harvest in the coming season. Likewise, as a wise believer, if you want to harvest in your future, you want to walk into dimensions in your future, then there are things you must sow today. Praise the Lord, somebody. Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure. Press down, shake it together, run over, so shall men give unto your bosom. Beloved, God wants his children to have his nature and his character. He's attracted to givers because that is his character and his nature. Giving is living. It is true, or factual at least, that every human being born into this world, we're not only born into sin, track with me, we're born into a life of stinginess. Whew. Being stingy is not something that came upon you 10 years after you were born. It's inherent in the fallen nature to be selfish or self-centered. So therefore, it means 
It's nature of a fallen man. So if you're going to be generous in life, wow. If you're going to be exuberant, if you're going to be liberal, if you're going to be, what else now? Uh, 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 free in your giving is something you have to learn and pray into your life. It doesn't come naturally. Most children born are born with their hands closed. That tells you volumes. Most children, their first words they learn to say is mine or give me. Mine, mine, mine. Give me, give me, give me. Why? It is inherent in a human being to be selfish. That's a fallen man. The fallen man only thinks about me, myself, and I. It's only when you encounter Christ and you begin to renew your mind, you see that life is beyond self. That God has raised you and brought you into life to make your life a donation. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That you, the measurement of your life is not measured in your acquisition. Luke 12 15. A man's life is not measured by his possessions. Hey, hey, hey. You don't measure the quality of your life by what you've gathered. As a matter of fact, your life is measured by as many people you touch. Hello, as many people you impact, that's the quality of your life. It's ironic that the more you give out your life, the Lord pours back into you. But the more you try to keep and save your life, the more likely you will lose your life. Hello, somebody said, if you lose your life, you will gain a higher life. But if you try to keep the lower life, you will lose that and lose a higher life. So, giving is living and giving is increasing. That's why those who give never lack. And please, giving is not just tied down to money. I think money is important, but by no means is it the most important thing you can give. The first thing to give is to give your life. Give your life. Your time, your talents, your treasure, your skills. Give your life. Give your life. And there's no way you give your life, it won't come back to you again. Hallelujah. Bible declares in Proverbs 11.24, Proverbs 11.24 There is that scattereth This against our natural thinking That means giveth To scatter is to give Wow And yet Increaseth And there is that Withholdeth More than is meat But it tendeth to poverty <laughs> The liberal soul Shall be made fat Increase and he that watereth shall himself also be watered. Look at the amplified classic. There are those who I love this generously scatter abroad. I, I pray that those are in this house this Sunday morning. I thought I hear a big amen. I thought I hear a big amen. Those who generously scatter abroad and yet increase more. But there are another category of people who withhold more than is fitting or what is justly due, but it results only in want. The liberal person shall be enriched and he who waters shall himself be watered. Beloved, people don't lack what they give. People lack what they keep. Write it down. To shift your mind. People don't lack what they give. People lack what they keep. 
Yeah. Because what you give will ultimately return back to you not the same way. But press down, shake it together, and run it over. Beloved, it is possible to have things in the eyes of men, they call you a rich woman or man, boy or girl. But truth be told is that in the eyes of God, you're poor. Poor in the sense that what you think you have has you. So there are two kinds of rich people. Number one, those who have the trappings of riches. But unfortunately, those trappings at the same time have a hold of their soul. How you know is they struggle to let go. They struggle to let go. That's why one of the counsel Apostle Paul gave to his son Timothy about the rich is that let the rich be liberal in their giving. Because one way to stay away from being enslaved with the things you have is to consistently and constantly freely release because you know you freely receive. That's the other category of rich people. They understand that number one, that all they have is not theirs. They're stewards. You see, the moment you understand that you came to the world naked, Job 121, and you will leave the world naked, listen to me, it means everything you acquire between your birthday and your death day, you don't own, you are a steward. So number one, God owns all things. Number two, what you have he gave you to steward it. Oh boy. It doesn't belong to you. So we, we, we should remove the ownership mentality and then gain the stewardship mentality. You see, when you know you are a steward, you know that the owner can simply ask you to reallocate what he gave you from A to B, B to C. And you know all you're doing is you are redistributing what belongs to your God and your maker. But when you have this idea that you own it, hello somebody, ah yeah, yeah, yeah. You will struggle to let go when he asks you to let go. So you don't own anything, not the shirt on your back, not the dress, not the car outside, not even your children. No, 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 no. We are only privileged to be stewards of the many blessings in life. This stewardship mentality will help you embrace the grace to give as at when do you. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about those who are rich towards God. Those who are rich towards God. Luke 12, 21. Rich toward God. I want to be rich toward God. Not only rich physically in the eyes of men, but rich toward God. Luke 12, 21. We're just laying foundation. So is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. So you can lay up treasures amass riches i don't call it wealth call it riches they're different things riches but if you're not rich toward god <laughs> then the things you've amassed enslave you let's look at luke 6 19 jesus teaching about how it is we're to lay up our treasures not on earth but in heaven where they are preserved matthew 6 19 all the way to 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth 
where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also beloved when you cultivate a giving lifestyle track with me something begins to happen in your life things begin to work in your life that i call divine coincidences they go beyond what you are able to work for alone or you're able to earn certain doors of favor begin to open that money cannot pay for ay, ay, ay. you step into certain doors that are open before you that you realize it wasn't necessarily how hard i worked that brought this about but just open doors open heaven over my life divine coincidences are things that happen in your life they are introduction of men or people or things in your life that you know you've not necessarily earned or worked hard enough for it's just favor on the contrary there are people who all their lives all they ever get is what they've worked for that's hard life that's hard life that's hard life because really in this life how hard can you work for what God has in store for you there are certain blessings that God has reserved for you that then no matter how hard you work and there's a place for hard work he said he will bless the works of your hand so there's a place to work but the truth is work can never replace the finger of favor one of my brothers was sharing with me that in this course of lockdown that he has never been as busy as, as he has been in this lockdown. Jobs engaging him in the midst of so-called recession said he's been extremely busy at his job. Jobs coming in from strange places. Now, that's not labor. That's favor. You can't explain how it is. In season of COVID, we've expanded or God has expanded the borders of the reach of terrestrial radio stations to 21, 23 stations from what, like 12 or 13 thereabout in the midst of COVID. Doesn't make sense. It goes against the laws of demand and supply. That's favor. Praise God. You see, but, but these things are triggered by principles. One of which is give, it shall be given unto you. Ay, ay, ay. Good measure. Press down. Shake it together and run it over. So shall men give to your bosom. Our text or our scripture in Genesis 8 and 2 says that as long as the earth abides, seed time and harvest, summer and winter, cold and heat, day and night shall not cease. So the law of seed time and harvest will not cease. What is that law? Number one, what a man sows, a man will reap. Seed, time, and harvest. Galatians 6 9, I believe it is. It says, Whatsoever a man soweth, whatsoever, whatsoever, whatsoever a man soweth, that's what he reap. So the one principle is what you sow, you will reap. It's important. What you sow, you reap. Right? 
scripture says if you sow to the flesh you shall of the flesh reap corruption if you sow to the spirit you shall of the spirit reap life what you sow is what you reap so what kind of harvest do you want so kindness so love so affection so forgiveness so service praise God so no one whatever you sow shall reap number two when you sow it's not necessarily when you reap please write down because many times we sow a seed and we think it will blossom overnight well like a farmer a farmer understands different seeds have different gestation periods the mango uh, the palm tree the banana they all have different timelines of growth to maturity right so certain seeds may come forth with a harvest quicker than others but the certain seeds may take longer but however your seeds when they're sown don't leave your life they may leave your hand but they go into your future to prepare your harvest for you so seed time and harvest so between seed and harvest is what time seed time harvest you determine the seed time you don't determine the harvest time sow it and god will bring the harvest oftentimes there is a season between the seed time and the harvest bible declares in Ecclesiastes 11 1 to 4 paraphrasing that we're to sow until we fill up the clouds and when the clouds are filled up it will release rain it says give to seven give to eight you don't know cast their bread upon many waters until the clouds be full said so if the clouds be full of rain we shall release rain number three principle where you sow is not necessarily where you will reap it's very important you may have worked in an organization three four five ten eight twenty years ago and you serve with all of your heart um it's not necessary that you're going to be from that organization you may have sold working for a family a home a business a ministry whatever it is a company an organization and you you have been expecting your harvest to come from there can i tell you something it's not necessary that where you sow is where you reap and if you feel you are shortchanged from where you served or worked guess what your harvest is still in front of you oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah you work in that company that business and for all intents you poured your heart out you were not appreciated not celebrated right guess what your harvest is not lost your harvest is waiting for you because where you sow is not necessarily where you reap you can have a a bad boss an ungrateful boss bad uncle like Laban and Jacob Jacob's tall for 20 years 14 years for two wives and six years for possessions 20 years Laban changed his wages 10 times listen working in the house of Laban does not mean that Laban will pay you but your reward is in front of you the key is to stay faithful where you are and many times God will send you to a particular organization to train you and to test you. To train you and to what? Test you. To train you and to test you. To train you and to test you. Praise God. 
But whatever you do, do as unto the Lord, not unto men. Praise God. Very quickly, let's look at one or two more scriptures. Proverbs 3, 9. This is very important. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Our giving to the Lord is a matter of honor. Not money at all. Far be it. Honor. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all that increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. Wow. And thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Honor the Lord with what? Thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Look at the Amplified Classic Version. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors place for labor right and with the first fruits of all your income so shall your storage places be filled with plenty and your vats shall be overflowing with new wine beloved our giving to the Lord please listen to me is a matter of honor and a matter of worship. Yeah, matter of honor and a matter of worship. Another principle I forgot to mention to you is your attitude or how you give is important to God. We're to give cheerfully, give cheerfully, give willingly under no compulsion whatsoever. You must never feel coerced or manipulated or cajoled to give. You must be first and foremost willing. So you're first and foremost to give yourself to the Lord. Then you're to give from the substance with which you have blessed you. Praise God. So it's a matter of honor and a matter of worship. I remember the story told about Cain and Abel in Genesis, I believe Genesis 4. How it is that Abel gave unto the Lord of the firstlings of the field. Firstlings, first fruit as it were. I'll talk about that later on. First, firstlings brought to the Lord. And Cain brought, you know, uh, I believe a very casual offering to the Lord when it was time to give. And the Bible says, and God had respect, respect, respect for Abel's givings. And by extension, had no respect for Cain's giving. I believe, number one, what they both gave was part of the story, but how they gave was equally part of the story in honor and worship. Please, when you give, as you do in the next few minutes, let it not just be a financial transaction. It's worship. It's worship. It was said in the Old Testament, that no one person was to come before the Lord in worship empty-handed. They were to worship the Lord with their substance. Isn't it surprising how it is when baby Jesus was born? Wise men came from the east and they brought gifts. They brought gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, 
to do what? To worship Christ, the newborn King. It wasn't that God was lacking of gold, of Frankis and men. No, that was part of how God is to be worshipped. A woman broke the alabaster box over Jesus. And the disciples said, wait a minute, why will she spend so much? This is a one year salary, 300 denarii worth one year labor. Why shouldn't we sell this and take care of the poor? Jesus said, no, you don't understand. The poor you have with you always. But what this one has done, I'm paraphrasing now, is a worship, is honor to me, and it is preparatory for my death. Worship, worship. She broke her alabaster box. It became acceptable to Jesus. Worship. God said in Malachi 1.6 that if I am your father, where is my honor? If I'm your master, where is my service? So the one who is your father is to be honored and one way to honor him is with our first fruits or with our offerings. So giving to the Lord is beyond a financial transaction. No sir, it's a spiritual transaction. You are worshiping God. There's an exchange that goes on there. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. What happens is this, you are empowered when you give because what it means to be blessed listen carefully, is to be empowered to prosper. The word blessed is to be empowered to prosper. So when Paul quotes Jesus in Acts 20, 35, that in the words of Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It means this, when you give, there is an empowerment that comes upon you what to prosper. So the giver never lacks. The giver receives power to prosper. So if I'm your father, where is my honor? I believe so strongly, beloved, as I said days ago, that God is about to raise financial giants amongst us. I thought I hear an amen. Oh yeah. Stewards and treasures who custod the wealth of heaven. And it will be clear, it wasn't just your hard work that brought you there. The finger of the favor of God is an anointing. It's empowerment. And you know it's for a reason to be a blessing to mankind. When the Lord spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12, 1 to 4, said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Not just bless you, I'm going to make you a blessing. You're not really blessed until you are a blessing. May you be a source blessing in this Christmas season. May you be used by God to touch a life. Put a meal upon the table of the hungry. Put a piece of clothing on the back of the naked. To push crusades somewhere in your village, in the town. May you be used by God to be a blessing. Why? It's more blessed to give than to receive. Beloved, hear me real good. Lackers, or better still, those who have a lack mentality will not give not because they really lack because their mentality has paralyzed their giving see God is committed don't forget this to give, track with me seed to the sower and then bread to the eater number one, number one seed to who? the sower and then what? 
bread to the eater. Number one, seed to who? And then who? Bread to the eater. Question number one, how can I sow when I don't have seed? Think about it. Seed to the sower. That means before the seed came, I was a sower. Oh, come on. He gives seed to the sower. That means you are first and foremost a sower before he gives you seed. So the point is, he gives seed to those who have the heart of sowers. So you, you need to be a sower by way of attitude and mindset. Then he will give you seed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he knows if he puts a seed in the heart of one who naturally is a giver by attitude, you will sow it. Seed to the sower and bread to the eater. But the first thing and the most important thing any human being can give to God is your life. Saying, Jesus, take over my life, my spirit, my soul, my body, my mind. Will you bow your heads very quickly? Let's pray this beautiful Sunday morning as we consider the awesome, amazing gift of Jesus to the entire human race. This Sunday morning you're saying, Master, I embrace you on a personal level to be my Lord and my Savior. Wherever you are in this hall or across the nation listening to me right now, you're saying, man of God, I want to get it right. The year is coming to an end. I don't want to end this year being uncertain of my eternal well-being. I don't want to end the year in confusion. The year has been tough, rough, but I want to end this year with clarity. Oh, that's why I opened my heart to embrace you. Wherever you are, you say, man of God, pray with me. Just lift your right hand wherever you are. Place your left hand on your chest, right hand up in the sky. Let's pray across the nations. Right hand up, hand on your chest. Let's pray now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I open the door of my heart as I invite you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me all of my sins. I decree and declare in the company of the saints that Jesus Christ is both my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lamb of Glory, for saving me. I am blood washed. I am blood bought. Child of the living God. I receive grace to live for you all of my earthly days and for all of eternity. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Now, I want you to commit your heart once again to be a giver. Remember, givers never lack and giving is living. Can you ask God for grace? There's something called the giving grace. Deliver me from every form of stinginess, every form of selfishness and self-centeredness. Grant me the grace for liberality, the grace for exuberance when it comes to giving, the grace for generosity when it comes to giving, the grace to give freely like my father. Let's pray, let's pray. All of us need to pray that prayer. Lord, help me to be more generous than ever before. Freely, I've received grace to give also. Father, we pray for this house as a family. Let the given grace rest upon us as a family. Grace for liberality. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. 
you're in this hall you hear my voice across the nation you are living under any kind of disease or infirmity Jesus came with a full package he came to give you life and life in abundance abundant life includes health and well-being I believe the Lord wants to end this year not in sickness not in disease you have any pain anywhere in your body your head your chest your leg stand on your feet place your hand where it is as a point of contact want to pray a simple prayer of faith and a miracle prayer you're trusting the Lord for healing in one way or the other right now the healer is in the house Psalm 10720 he sent his word hey yeah yeah his word healed her. let's trust the Lord for healing for all in this house lay your hand upon that area as a point of contact I believe God is about to work in you mightily release a healing power of Jesus over your body over your mind over your psyche over your joints over your bone over your marrow father Lord I join my heart and faith with as many in this room who are laboring under any kind of disease and infirmity and for those across the nations who have been diagnosed with one ailment or the other let your fire the fire of the Holy Ghost burn every cancerous cell burn every germ every virus every disease every ailment be God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I cause arthritis pain I cause diabetes I cause hypertension your blood pressure crashes down to normal sleep heart bone disease I cause it from the root kidney disease be gone liver disease be gone in the name of the Lord bone marrow disease be gone in the name of the Lord Jesus we thank you wave your hands from side to side and thank you my healer yes you have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic.org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.